Today's podcast is brought to you by TheEngagedInvestor.ca, helping you find and present to joint venture partners. Get your free video training right now at EngagedInvestor.ca forward slash breakthrough. Hi, this is Dion Baig from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, episode 36. Hello and welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake and here with me again, the man with the plan, <laughs> Sandy McKay. You're supposed to say everyone's favorite uh, co-host. Uh, well, I, I'm changing it up. <laughs> okay. Actually, you were supposed to introduce me this time. Well. I don't. I can't say anything good about you. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it doesn't have to be good. You can say whatever you want. I'll remember that though. Okay. Cool. Um. Yeah. Really excited today for our guest. We got Cherry Chan. Hello, Cherry. Yes. Hi. Um, Hi everyone. Cherry's a yep. successful. Yeah. Cherry, Cherry's a successful investor from the Hamilton area. Also a chartered accountant. And yes, yeah, she's kind enough to come on today to get us pointed in the right direction for tax time. Well, uh, thank again, you for having show. me. Thank you for being on. And everybody, don't forget to go over and get our free gift, the seven freedom activators that you can trigger in your property starting right now. It is our report that's free for you over at BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. We'll help you make the best of your rental properties in pretty much every aspect. Right, Sandy? We'll yeah, go with, hopefully. Uh, Yep, sure. Just uh, everything from how to do up your ads, how to interview for the best tenants, and how to um, deal with issues that pop up with tenants, right? Mm -hmm. So go over to BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca, sign up, and our newsletter, you know, we are pretty far behind with all this kind of stuff. I mean, we've kind of been slacking. It's the best that we can do to get this show out every month, but... We're really trying to turn things around here and start to put out a newsletter. When you go over and sign up for our free gift, you'll also start receiving our newsletter. And you'll get, just like before, you'll get our blog posts, any articles, links to services that we can provide, as well as um, updates on our friends who've been on the show and um, all kinds of different stuff. So again, go over to BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca and sign up today. <laughs> and uh, also got to remember, uh, we got to keep recommending people to rate and review the show on iTunes. We've had some really good reviews on there, and it really does make a big difference in in boosting the show, getting it out there to more uh, listeners. And of course, you know, we want to recommend everyone leave us a five star rating there if you enjoy the show. And uh, yeah, it really just helps us get the word 
word out there. It helps other uh, investors hear about the show because it, it you know boosts our rating on on iTunes. So would really appreciate everyone doing that. I think. And Sandy, you know, maybe you don't have anything good to say about me, but when I go over there and I see other people have something good to say about me, it makes me feel good. So, you know, I uh, I appreciate it too. So thank you, everybody, very much. Is that it? What we, what else do we have? What else are we going to talk about? Oh, yeah, okay. Actually, we have um, something new that I wanted to try out. We're going to take a listener poll. It's the same. You could just go over and reply to this question that I'm going to talk about here on episode 36. Just click on the link and then leave in the comments your take on uh, on our listener poll, which is how does everyone feel about taking on properties with tenants already in place? Is that a good idea? Is that a bad idea? When are you willing to do it? When would you not be willing to do it? You know, what sort of things should people consider? when they're going to take on tenants in a new property. So that's our question this month. Again, go over to BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca, go to the comments section for episode 36 and tell tell us what you think. So, uh, Cherry, what do you think about taking on existing tenants when you're buying a new property? I, like, honestly speaking, I generally do not prefer it. Um, the reason is just because like, I have very little involvement in selecting the tenants and do not know anything about the tenant's background. And, uh, yeah, like, and usually when you have to assume tenants, it's, they're always paying below market rent. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. So, Sandy, what can we do about that when you have existing tenants that you're inheriting with the property who aren't paying market rents? Yeah, good question. Actually, and just to add to what Cherry said, I mean, I think I agree with her. Always better to start fresh with a, a clean slate. Um, at the same time, sometimes there can be, you know, the best opportunity might lie in taking on a, a property that that has really low rents, and based on the rents, you know, it's not selling for maybe what it should be selling for. So sometimes there's some opportunity there to look out for if you can see that you can up the rents and, of course, find a way to get rid of the tenants if you can't get vacant possession initially and i mean the best way is always the the simple way of paying them off giving them some incentive to leave is is my best idea that i've come up with um seems to work out pretty well you know it's a bit of an investment bit of an investment yet if you can opt the rents by like in a you know say it's a two-bedroom apartment and you can opt it to you know two or three hundred dollars more a month you know, if you're paying even a thousand, two thousand dollars just to get them out of there, then it pays itself off pretty quick. Oh, that's totally true. I never, yeah. I, I never really thought about people would come out and recommend that um to pay someone off. We usually use multiple ways to get around paying someone off, and um, usually it is the last resort for people. Honestly. Oh, I would agree. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's I a great idea to do it first. Sometimes it's the quickest. Yeah. And you can also maybe even negotiate that with them during the process of buying the place. So everyone, yeah, leave us your tips and tactics. And uh, if you have found any interesting ways of maybe getting tenants out who you inherit with the property when you're when you're paying under market rents, you know, some like if they're not, then and, and there's no reason to, then, of course, why not try and keep them on? But yeah, that's usually something that would arise when they're paying under market under really what makes sense for them in the apartment that they're in. And you know, you could get more if you could get them out. So leave us your tips and your tricks. I want to hear about what everybody does. Episode 
36 comment section in the uh, podcast website, breakthroughreipodcast.ca. Have I said that enough today? I think we got it, yeah. Yeah. Does everyone have, does everyone have it? Does everyone know where to go? Well, you know what? People don't go there to get the episodes of the show. They go to iTunes or whatever other place they go to listen to the show. There's very few people that actually go to the website to download the show and listen to it from there. So mm-hmm. we got to encourage them to get over there and and have a look at what we've got over there, which isn't much right now. But let's change it up and let's get the comments going and we'll talk about it on the show, right? Yeah, totally. So, should we get into uh, the interview? I'm, 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 I'm eager for some tax tips here. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, well, I'll start off. Uh, Cherry's accounting career began back in 2003. She learned uh, various tax planning strategies for small to medium-sized companies. Uh, 2006, she wrote the Chartered Accountancy exam and became the only student in the history of the firm to make the honor roll. One day, struggling to book time off for vacation, finally dawned on her that she wanted more control over her professional life. Uh, This realization led to three new goals for her. Uh, One, to become involved with real estate investing. Two, to learn all about sales and marketing. And three, to to run her own business. And shortly after that life-altering realization, she joined uh, Rockstar Real Estates and began her investing career. Today, using her resources and connections, she's dedicated her accounting practice to real estate investors, property managers, contractors, builders, and real estate agents to uh, finally be able to receive uh, straightforward answers to all those confusing tax questions. Uh, Does that kind of get it all out there, Cherry? Yeah, that's really cool. Thanks, guys. Oh, welcome to the show. So where do we start with a topic like real estate taxation? There's so many things that we can talk about. Um, Why don't you... Start off by telling us a bit about yourself first. I'm a chartered accountant, so I grew up in um, in a professional program in a professional firm, and um, I guess real estate investing was never once in my mind. Um, and I don't necessarily call anything uh, like I I would have a funny story about real estate. It's more about an empowering journey that I realized from buying my first townhouse in Toronto. Uh, before that, I basically started out buying a condo, making my life really simple, and it's in Richmond Hill. It's not making any money. And all the jobs available in for me at the time was out in the West End or downtown. So I realized that I really need to move somewhere closer to where the jobs are so then it would make my life better. And so I decided to buy like look around. I initially started looking at condos in Mississauga and then I realized that it wasn't really a good decision. So I saw this townhouse in Etobicoke and it was amazing and I paid for it and signed my life away for $400,000 of mortgage. And I remember calling my mom that I signed my life away and uh, it would not have much appreciation. And today I basically made three times of my original investment with that condo and I refinanced it once one year after took out enough money for my first investment property in St. Catharines a student rental um, that's basically like that's a really powerful tool for me to continue to grow my I guess my investment portfolio yeah and fantastic never... and what what year sorry sorry to interrupt you what year was that that you bought the condo in Etobicoke it was 2011 oh really okay it's 
fairly recent. And but the, you could refinance one year later and pull out yeah. enough to get another investment property. That's fantastic. And the funny part is that I was trying to for, sell for a certain amount and nobody would be willing to pay for it. Uh, <laughs> I like I like I mean I was really trying to sell for like I don't know a hundred thousand dollars more. Nobody was willing to pay for it, but the bank come in and they gave me the refinancing, and that's sufficient for my new purchase, my first investment property. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then today it's worth a lot more, like probably two hundred thousand dollars more, uh, two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars more than what I pay for. Well, there you go. Time to refinance again. Yeah, except refinancing is pretty <laughs> difficult these time uh, this time around. But yeah, it's just an amazing asset to have. Okay, that's great. Well, the majority of the people who are listening are investing in residential and small multifamily. So let's start from the top. Um, let's say somebody is thinking about purchasing their very first rental property. So how can they prepare to do that? So I can speak from a tax perspective. Obviously, there are a lot of t- tips and that you guys can share with the first-time investor. Uh, but one thing that I normally do is gather all your uh, tax returns and make sure that they they're filed on time. So then you can get your financing done. The second part of it, a lot of I found that a lot of new investors are using their equity, the equity from their home, as the down payment for their first rental property. This is great. Uh, except that you really need to keep all the documentation clear and clean for CLA because the interest that you incur on your home equity line of credit is deductible. So the only way to make it easy for CLA in case they ever come back to you is to make sure that you have photocopies, all the trays of records that you have. Remember, if they come back after you, they come back maybe five years from now. And you may think that it's easy to do uh, to do documentation. Like it's just a printout from my bank record. It's easy now to do it, but it's not so easy to do it like 10 years from now. Um, so the proper documentation part is really important. And once you really start getting into like a property, purchase a property, there are so many expenses that of course you can deduct. Auto mileage to um, some of the membership you may be able to deduct a uh, certain membership, educational um, program membership against the income. But talk to an accountant who knows what can be deducted so you can be maximized and positioned uh, for the maximum and optimum um, deduction. No, that's good to know. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know a big question people always ask is is about incorporating. What's your take on that? I know maybe everyone is, is a bit different depending on the situation, but is there any general idea on when someone should incorporate uh, maybe a number of units or something? Or And also what would be the benefits of or the drawbacks of doing that? Yeah, well, there's no magic number per se. Um, it all goes back to, again, your personal situation, like you said. But um, what I can explain a little bit is that rental income is actually considered passive income and it's being taxed differently in a corporation than in our personal name. So what it means is that initially your corporation will be taxed at if you earn the rental income within your corporation is first taxed at 50%, five zero. So half is gone. But the funny part is that they also offer a 30% refund to your corporation when you issue a dividend, taxable dividend to the shareholder. 
So you may have a tech, like you may, you could have a shareholder that's earning very little income or close to zero income, or you may actually have a kid, adult kid, um, that's going to university and they can actually receive dividend income for up to, um, for close to like $40,000 without paying any tax. So in a way, your corporation uh, may pay 50%, but get 30% refund. The net amount is 20% that you pay on rental income. And you issue, if you have someone that you can issue the dividend, taxable dividend, and pay very low tax, the combined of the two is 20%. Now, if you basically any time, at any moment, you make more than $40,000, you will have to pay 20% tax on it anyway. If that person who you're issuing to makes over $40,000 or if your company if makes over $40,000? If you personally, let's say, because you can choose to own the properties in your corporation or you can choose to own the properties in your name, right? Okay. So you're trying, when we are trying to make the compa- comparison, uh, whether you should incorporate, it's based on what you are paying versus what a corporation would pay. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So you were switching back to if, so that would be the difference between it. And you were saying that if you have if, someone to, to share the income with, then that would be worth it. And also the fact that if you're at a high paying rate, if you make $200,000 right now, you're paying at 49% and 50% anyway. But with the corporation structure, you have the choice to distribute dividend or split income, not just with a lower income spouse or lower income parents or adult children, but you can choose to use it as a vehicle to defer income until the year that you want to solve, uh, until the year that you retire. So you can, or take a year off. So you can split income with yourself as well. So that's kind of provide a vehicle for flexibility that you would not otherwise have if you own the properties in your own name. Wow. Mm-hmm. How are we going to remember all that? <laughs> That's so sorry it is a little long answer that's okay i'll just rewind it and listen to it again <laughs> well you don't have to remember everything right you just, that's why you hire people like jerry so that's right yeah. so what about you know this is maybe something for someone who's got a bigger portfolio or kind of uh been investing for a little bit most likely uh you know something like property management um and this could be property management it could be maybe a contracting business or something like that would you suggest having something like that in, in, in a different corporation and then paying yourself that way? Would that make sense in, in certain cases? There are so um, so many tax planning strategies. I guess w- what you're referring is one of the most common one that people use, and we call it a three-tier structure. So basically, you have a holding company that owns the real estate uh, property company. And then the holding company also owns a property management company. What we're trying to achieve is through this corporate structure, uh, what we're trying to achieve is that we will craft out the uh, property management function that you provide for these properties and act from the property management corporation in the capacity of the property management corporation. So you can use this when it only started to make sense. I did a break-even analysis is when you have at least for about three to four student rental or five rent to owns to make sense. And the whole objective is not necessarily to minimize tax, but it is to help you save much faster because property management is considered active income. And uh, Harper, before he um, 
before he left, uh, he basically announced that active business income within a corporation is being taxed at will be gradually reduced to 13.5% in Ontario in 2000 and I think in 2019. So right now it's sitting at 15%. Um, if you can charge your real estate property holding company, which is being taxed at 50% five zero and being converted into a property management company and it's being taxed at 15%, um, there's like 40, 35% tax saving immediately, right? And so that's what would enable you to save much faster in this type of setting. But the thing is, um, there is filing costs for each corporation and to file the corporation tax return for three corporations, it costs money. It costs at least three grand. And that's why it is expensive to set up this type of structure. And you would need to be able to defer more than $3,000 of tax in order to get ahead of the whole um, structure. And that's the reason why I said that you need to have like likely three or four student rentals and five to six um, rent to own to make it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, if, if you already have an active business, um, if you have a flipping business, you don't even need to use the property management function. You don't need to charge anything. You can just use, uh, have a, a corporation that own your flipping business, which is being taxed at 15% and, um, and funnel the money through to the other side, to the real estate property corporation and grow your business faster. That's interesting. Okay. So, and then you said, I guess it's a pretty general question, but what about people that are just holding um, regular rentals? Is there a number that you would say would work for, for the property management side if it was just a duplex or single family homes? Just out of curiosity, I know you can't really say, but... As in, like, the number of properties set it up? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. I said, oh, oh, well, I don't, I didn't calculate it. I would imagine it would have to be, like, eight to nine properties, single family, sorry, single family home, uh, depending on the rent, because um, the property management fees is being charged based on the amount of rent. So... I'm going to interject again. What what about, um, so I'm just going to throw myself into the mix here. So we have our property management company where we manage our own properties as well as we do uh, mm-hmm. business with outside and for other investors. Mm-hmm. D- does that work the same way? Yeah. For you guys, you have one property management company, right? But you don't have the, you don't own any properties in a corporation. No, we don't. No. Yeah. So there is some advantage of charging yourself the, the fees if you are like you, you are making more than fifteen percent, like you're making more than like thirty, forty thousand dollars of income. So then there is a tax deferral benefit within your property management company. Okay, good enough. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> I hope that helps. So what are some of the tax traps that you see investors falling into and how can they avoid them? I don't know if this would be the biggest tax traps, but um, a lot of people ask me if they should pay cash for um, renovation or repairs and maintenance. Um, so I can tell you, if you take the deal, you're pretty screwed if you ever get audited. I actually have um, I actually have a client that's going through an audit right now, and I think she he basically picked someone um, that 
he uh, uh, he basically choose to pay cash and he doesn't have any invoice and he got audited. And the people are, uh, CIA is asking for the support for all the deduction and the minimum that you need to provide is the actual invoice. Um, to come up with an invoice, it's it's tough. Like they would just disallow the um the um, the the deduction. So you may wonder, like, okay, so then if you get some sort of discount paying cash, is it worthwhile? I would tell you, it's actually not worthwhile for majority of the time because your tax is actually better. Like the tax saving that you get is actually better. Okay. Yeah. That's a good uh, that's one. That's a good one. That's a good point. Yeah, huge. Well, I, so many people just you get attracted by that low. Uh, you know, it, it's a saving right now. Yeah. As opposed to savings, you know, eight, twelve months from now, whatever it is, it's not as attractive, right? So it's an easy, easy one for people to fall into. Uh, is there any more? Can you think of anything else? Oh uh, yeah. Um, one thing that people um often miss is the. I'm not sure how often real estate investors would actually incur financing charge. And sometimes they do incur the financing charge, such as um, the CMC insurance, uh, to purchase a house, and that's deductible. And sometimes it's not even, um, like people, a lot of accountants would not realize that it is deductible, and they miss the deduction, and it has to be deducted over five years. So you actually would have to raise that point, especially for the people who are buying small multi-units and they have to go through a commercial lender. It's not CMH, it's not just CMHC insurance that they buy, purchase, but they are sometimes pay for the um, financing, um, I guess finder's fees for their financing uh, mortgage. And so those would be deductible. It would be deductible over five years. So you have to actually raise it to the accountant that does your tax return to make sure that they are deducting it. Okay. Uh, another thing I could think of is the automobile expenses. Um, the automobile expenses, majority of investors are not keeping a good lock. Um, so the proper way to deduct an, uh, uh, the automobile expenses is that you actually have to keep a lock book of what you have done or when you drove to your uh, properties to um, to do inspection or to do repairs and maintenance and all that. So you need to keep a logbook um, or go back to your calendar and figure out the, the day that you went there. Um, so at the beginning of every year, you would also take a picture of your odometer. And every year you do the same thing. It basically, that would basically form a basis for your, um, for the year the number of kilometers that you've driven for the full year, and so with the logbook that you with the logbook that you have documented throughout the year, those kilometers would be plus the basis you've driven for the full year would be the basis that you can the proportion that you can calculate used to for to to deduct the um, auto expenses. So the auto expenses could be the gas receipts. So you also actually need the actual gas receipt. Um, for the full year, uh, license and registration, um, repairs and maintenance, parking, those would be deductible, but only to the extent of the port proportion that are related to manage your portfolio. That's a tough one. <laughs> the logbook's tough. Yeah, it is. It's really tough. Mm -hmm. 
so you just touched on it a bit, but what expenses are tax deductible for real estate investors and which ones aren't that um, people may think are? So the expenses, they are, um, I actually wrote a blog post about it. Um, so the most common one would be your property tax, your mortgage interest, your advertising costs, um, your repairs and maintenance expense, um, also um, your insurance, mortgage insurance. So sorry, not mortgage insurance, just typical regular property insurance. Um, those would be generally the expenses that you could deduct. Now, um, one thing that people got confused is that they think that they would be able to, because we investors love to talk about cash flow. So cash flow means that all your in, rental income come in minus all the expenses, including all the mortgage payment. So majority of people think that, okay, I really have $50 cash flow from this property. Chances are I don't have to pay any tax on it. Yes and no, because um, mortgage principal is actually taxable in your hand. You can only deduct the, type, the mortgage interest, not the mortgage principal. So you are actually paying tax on that amount, even though you don't actually see the cash flow in your bank because it goes down to pay off your uh, mortgage. But you still need to pay tax on it. So that's one thing. Uh, another thing that uh, people um, may think that it's directly deductible, but sometimes CL may challenge it, is... Um, all the various educational um, program. So um, there could be the Real Estate Investment Network's um, <laughs> membership fees or um, Rich Dad Poor Dad's um, real estate seminar fee. Um, those cost a lot of money uh, or even Rockstar membership, it costs money. And with my clients, some of them um, actually get challenged by the auditors because they, the auditors do not see the link between paying those fees, earning, uh, going for the education, and investing in real estate and earning the real estate investment income. So they don't see the link. And so hence they disallow a certain amount. I personally interpret the tax law the way that it is totally related and hence it should be allowed but some of the auditors depending on whether you are lucky or not they just don't see it the same way and they disallow it and for a lot of the clients they would just be like well you know what it is not it's not worth fighting over i would just pay for it so there's not a court case per se to go back and challenge it and bring it all the way up and set a precedent so that's one thing that you may have to watch out for um, another thing is home office expense. So in CLA's eyes, like basically in tax laws, uh, income tax act, it says that you are allowed to deduct all the expenses that you incur for the purpose of um, earning the income. So it includes both business income and property income. The thing is in CLA's form, personal tax return form, it doesn't have any home office expense uh, category for you to put in. Uh, so it makes it difficult for the investor to uh, claim the home office expense. And similar to what um, the membership or all these educational programs fees, um, these home office expenses sometimes got challenged by CIA auditors because they don't think that like there's not enough evidence or they don't see the direct uh, relation between managing the por rental portfolio um, and having the home office. So they disallow it. And that's part of the trap that real estate investor could fall into. 
Okay, okay. So how are people going ahead and claiming their uh, home office expenses? Because they can, right? Um, yeah, I, I do agree that they can. Like, um, there are special rules around it. Uh, basically, you cannot claim it um, to create a loss. So it, the year that you are claiming it, make sure that you're not creating a loss. Those home office expense can be carried forward to the year that you actually have um, income. Um, the other thing is that for home office expense, it's a little easier for a deduction to get the deduction if you are operating uh own your pro uh, properties in a corporation, so it's actually easier to get those deductions because you're more like you're perceived to be operating more um, like a business than owning them in your personal name. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Cherry, what about some people? Uh, <clears throat> if you're working with, um, you know, a lot of people might want to work with joint venture partners or at least have that set up for the future. How does that? How does that affect? your uh you know taxes tax deductions that type of thing if if you're like if you're working with a partner who let's say everything is in their name or it's in a corporation name maybe or is can you maybe talk about some different strategies or uh ways to to do that properly okay so joint venture it really goes back to what your joint venture deal is so uh, you gave me a really good example on what the majority of people in the real estate invest residential investing world would do. Uh, someone put up the capital, the other guy would do all the property management. They at the end split all the income 50-50. Mm -hmm. Now this type of um, strategy or like investment vehicle, um, you would be entitled to claim 50% depending on what your joint venture agreement says. You um, to pass uh, I guess the silent partner would be um, claiming 50% of the building. And you, on the other hand, what you can do is you will also, depending on whether you would decide to own it in your personal name or in the corporation name, again, you are reporting 50% of the income and 50% of the expenses. Now, let's say your joint venture is to do a flip. Uh, flipping property is active income. So you also, that has to be accounted for accordingly. So what I'm trying to get at is depends on what your underlying arrangement in the joint venture deal is, not just joint venture in general. So it's proportionate mm -hmm. to the ownership. Yes, yes. So it's directly based on the joint venture agreement, not not on who's on title. Yes. Yeah. Now, like I've got a client who I am trying to work with right now, and she's in a joint venture I guess she's in a joint venture agreement with someone and she's get uh, she's she's the money partner. She put down the she's on title. She put down the down payment and she's promised to have a fixed return. So she's promised to have uh, to earn 10 percent on the down payment. So and then she's also promised to um, like in the joint venture agreement. She's also promised to have a fixed amount of return at the end. I think it's like 20,000 or something. So yeah. in this case, even though she is. Uh, without going into too much detail, but even though she is the one on title, she's actually just earning interest income <laughs> rather than really sharing the rental and in rental income and expenses 50 50. Right. Right. So then yeah. that's a different type of reporting because then you will have to report your interest income instead of rental income because you're actually not entitled to receive the rental income. So it goes back to how the deal is structured. Oh, that's interesting. She got a little, uh, she got the short end of the stick on that one.
well, she like she's happy to earn just ten percent on that and on the down payment, and then plus the twenty、uh, whatever thousand that she's promised at the end. So yeah, yeah, it's still better than most most investments. So yeah, exactly. If anyone's interested in a deal like that, please give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be surprised; a lot of people are. I know they are. I just I haven't met them yet. <laughs> yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that's perfect. That's great. So, end of the day, just it's all in the agreement. Whatever you have there, it really,、yeah. and nothing else really makes that much of a difference. Yes, exactly.、Um, you still got to record it, no matter what, what, no matter who you are, money partner or not. Yeah. Okay, great. I don't know, Rob. We're, we're kind of going to get into a little bit more of、uh, what Cherry's done and in, in her business and that. Are, are we good on the tax front? Do you have any more burning questions there? Oh, I'm sure we could go on forever with that, but、uh, yeah, no. Let's find out a little bit about Cherry's career. Yeah, I just wanted to maybe see how you were able to、uh, to get out of the kind of nine to five、uh, routine and and start your own business, and how real estate investing comes into play with that too, and you know maybe a bit about your own rental properties and portfolio and and what that looks like. Okay, sounds good. Holy. <laughs> that's the easy part. Is that one question or? Well, yeah, that's quite a bit. How did you, how did you get out of the nine to five? So I, I guess I started my career as an、uh, like a junior accountant in a CA firm. It's in a small CA firm. I learned a lot, and then as soon as I got to Deloitte,、um, we need to do a lot of audit. I don't know if you you guys are familiar with auditing. So basically, you <clears throat> verify the numbers that someone else prepared. So if you think preparing doing your bookkeeping sucks,、um, try to verify what other people have done.、Uh, <clears throat> so you basically look for invoices,、um, make sure that the number is really what it is.、Um, so it, I got so bored, and I remember I text every like my friend all the time that I'm bored, and then so I try to work in other field. I started managing a plaza in Burlington.、Uh, Actually, also a plaza in Waterloo, as well. That didn't go anywhere because it's not too difficult. And then so I switched to Loblaw.、Uh, oops, I don't even know if I am allowed to manage, mention Loblaw.、Uh, but I worked there as a senior、yeah. manager in financial reporting. It's it's busy and challenging at times, especially at quarter ends. But then I find that、uh, majority of the time I was like really serving the the net, and I don't find that、um, doing the financial reporting very challenging. And I got bored really quickly, and so I started looking. And then at the time I met my husband. Ah,、uh, he was then my boyfriend, and we were arranging a trip in Barry. To do, I think it's called ATV. We like I've never driven an ATV, and it was really exciting for me.、Uh, but I had to play around with my vacation time because I have to get authorization from my management. And so it was then I made the decision I couldn't put up with it, and I need to leave the job. And the first step is to make sure that my mortgage is covered. And、uh, actually, my plan at the time was to sell my townhouse in Toronto. But I couldn't sell it.、Um, I wanted to get into student rental. Be- the reason why I went to St. Catharines is because I wanted the cash flow.、Um, so I, instead of selling my Toronto townhouse,、uh, I have to rent it out. So I have I was mortgage free at the time,、uh, and then also I had to、um, make a little bit of income. So the student rental provide that as well. 
And so that's basically how I quit my job and then started working with uh, my husband at the time to to purchase investment properties. And that's when when I learned majority of my sales and marketing skills, which is amazing. And that's good. It's that sounds like right about the time when you stopped being bored with everything you were doing. <laughs> And started being uh, started being happy, and then it, and then it rolled into um, all the other stuff you've been doing, like skydiving and the CN Tower. Yes, yes, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, skydiving is actually is actually not that crazy. Um, I would think the scariest thing to do is to jump off the Macau Tower with. Was that like a free? Bungee. Oh, bungee jump, yeah. Yeah, uh, I I I tried uh, Ash Walk. And Ash Walk was amazing. I was scared, um, but it's actually really safe. You got two harness to attach yourself to the building, so you're actually really, really safe. And then I did skydiving because it was actually a, a surprise birthday present from my husband. And he told me he drove me to this water down location. And oh, the next thing I know is I'm jumping off from a plane. And the guy who pushed me out from the plane. Uh, he competed in the national level so he's really good and because he pushed you out so I didn't really need to be scared I'm I was out of the plane before I knew what's happening right uh, no <laughs> chance to be scared exactly so I don't have to make the decision the toughest part is bungee jumping because you actually have to step out off the platform yeah. yourself it's it's yeah it's crazy but it's fun and then from there I just started my six student rental um, I purchased more student rentals because it worked, and um, it's been amazing so far. Right. So now you have you said now now you have six student rentals. Yes, I do. So that's that's your choice. That's your favorite way to invest in real estate. It's just interesting how we all have a different niche, something that we enjoy more than the other thing, and it's pretty cool how there's so many different options for all of us doing the real estate investing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I guess. The, like if because I'm basically located in the West End, uh, it makes a lot of sense to do student rentals because there are university in like in St. Catharines and Niagara College. There's Mohawk College and then the Master, and then there's uh, Laurier in Brantford. So it kind of makes a lot of sense to do it in our region. But if I were in the East End, like you guys, I would do. I would definitely go for the duplex. Like it sounds so amazing. That's a good little uh, setup they've got over there now. Oh, over west, yeah, like this side of Toronto, you got just everything's within like an hour, right? All the schools, so it's pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, it's just because I'm where I am, and then because my husband knows Hamilton very, fairly well, and it's just not allowing secondary suite as of now, as of recently. So it's just hard to get those done. Um, it's not working. Uh, but it's amazing to do what you guys are doing all in the East End. Um, Cherry, what resources can you recommend that have helped you in your investing career or that even could help people uh, learn about investment taxation? I do obviously do my own research all the time. I read up CLA's um, latest news and I read their own uh, little, I guess, tax court case all the time. Uh, for regular folks, it would be nice to join my blog, and I do talk about investment taxation all the time. I guess is it is that what you're trying to ask me? Sure, <laughs> go ahead. Or, or or resources in terms of like investing in real estate. Like honestly, the way that I 
reach out is like people around me and surround myself with the people who have done it and um, who have um, I started out with student rental investing by learning it from someone who has done so many student rental investing in St. Catharines. So let's get involved and, in the investment community. Yeah. Start to yeah. Uh, communicate with other people who are doing what you want to do. Exactly. And get involved yes. with them. Yeah, and then ask them for referral. Like some people like to work with their bank, but there are so many other people who, because the bank tellers or the bank managers probably don't know much about real estate investing. If you want to grow a portfolio to ten, you may need to work with someone that knows what you're doing. And like, and listen to your show. I mean, there are so much resources out there and so much information you can surround yourself with, and then. Find your niche and like talk to people, and that's how you will um, <clears throat> get better at it. Exactly, absolutely. And now, uh, okay, we're going to put you on the spot right here, and it can be—it uh, doesn't have to be taxation or real estate investing. It's this is just a broad, general scope of question. What is the one best single piece of advice that you can leave us with? I would say um, you only live once. <laughs> so um, I know it is not a tax like related advice, but um, real estate investing is really only a vehicle to what you want to do. I mean, at the end of the day, you want to grow your wealth so that it means more to you. Like to me, it means that I can provide for my children. And so remember, always remember what your goal is, not be overwhelmed with what you're doing. If you're stressed about like a renovating project or working with the city to get the um, get the permit, like remember the angle is to provide or like there is some bigger meaning underneath it, and just don't overlook that. And also don't overwhelm yourself. Okay, I need to buy ten properties and like start doing it, and then forgot forget about what you're really trying to achieve. Maybe your angle is to spend more time with your kids. And don't forget that and enjoy the journey. Yeah, exactly. And and if your goal right now is to buy 10 properties and you haven't bought one yet, change your goal to buy one property. Yeah. So many people don't won't take that jump. They won't take that first initial jump and they wait for every single light to turn green before they move at all. And it just doesn't work that way. When you when you come up against a problem and you don't understand right away what the answer is you can't be afraid of that you can deal with it when the time comes to deal with it and there's many people out there that have dealt with that problem before you're not going to be the first one you can't be afraid of that you need to get out there and 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 start taking action oh yeah that's so true you only live once good stuff i like that a lot (laughs) thank you yeah that's uh that's terrific well, I guess one more important piece here. I mean, we want to encourage everyone to reach out to you, if, especially if they're obviously needing some tax uh, planning, some advice there. Um, also, really, probably anything to do with investing in real estate. Um, I'm sure you can help guide people. Uh, how can people get in touch with you? Oh, you guys are more than welcome to um, email me at cherry at cccpa.ca. So cherry is C-H-E-R-R-Y at cccpa.ca. Okay, and go ahead and tell us about your blog and all that stuff too. Oh, yes. I do do this um, weekly blog post about real estate taxation. Uh, anything to do, any tax tips and uh, pros, like 
tax planning ideas or most up-to-date court cases. So I do write uh, weekly articles about that. And if you want to get into my blog post list, which will be like which will be delivered to your inbox on a weekly basis, uh, you can go to cccpa.ca and sign up for it. It's all free. All you need to do is go there and sign up. Okay. And again, as usual, of course, we are going to put all of Cherry's information in the show notes. So if you missed it, you can just click over on our website on her episode number 36 and all of her links will be right there. So we, you don't have to remember it. Just go over there and check it out. Did you want to talk about the, did you, are you wanting to offer free consultation? Yes, yeah? okay. yes, for sure. I would be willing to offer a free 30 minutes consultation to um, your show's audience if they reach out to me. Oh, okay. That's fantastic. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people want to do that. Great. Well, yeah, I mean, I recommend it for sure, especially if you're investing in real estate or, or planning to, I mean, it, you can't, I don't think you can start too early getting the right advice. Yeah, Definitely. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you very much. This has been awesome. And I know we could have, it's, it's really hard to, you, you can't possibly cover even, even we just, <laughs> we just oh, we sort just, of skimmed barely. the tip of the iceberg yeah. here. Um, so there's so much more to this, but that, and, and here's another thing, like you say, you only live once. And if your thing is not tax, don't sit down and try to figure it all out yourself. Just hire the right person to do it the right way. And we can't recommend Cherry more. So give her a call and get in touch with her. She Thank you. She knows a ton about this stuff. So thanks again. Really appreciate you coming Thank on you with us tonight. Much. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome, Cherry. I know you're even a little bit sick. We really appreciate you coming on and doing this. Uh, it worked out great. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Okay, have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.